Thank you for listening to this message from Lifehouse Church. Good morning, Lifehouse. I think you all like each other. Man, I hear the chatter. Turn to someone right now, look them in the eye, tell them, I'm glad you're here at church. Come on, say it like you mean it, too. Don't say it unless you mean it, I should say. It's good to have you at Lifehouse this morning. Can I get you to do something real quick? I'm going to ask you to hop up real fast, real fast. Even if you're at home, just hop up right now. I can't see if you're hopping up, but I want you to do this just for one moment. I think it's right and good. Um, we've got a ton of people who've called in sick. Uh, all this mess is going around, the flu, and, and we're, we're grateful they stayed home, amen? Uh, and we're going to pray for them right here, but we want to pray for them because there's a bunch of our family, uh, church family, that are sick this morning, and we just want to take a moment and pray over them. I believe there's power when the people of God pray and call on heaven. So let's just do that for one moment. One moment, Father, we come to you today in the name of your Son, Jesus, knowing, Lord, that you can heal, that you can touch, that you can minister. Lord, the Word of God says that, Lord, if the people of God call on your name, God, that the, those we're praying for will recover. So, God, we're asking for recovery. We're asking for healing in these bodies. We pray that even now, Lord, as we pray that you're strengthening them. Um, Lord, we've got nothing in us, but we pray to the one who has all power. And we just give you glory. We give you praise. We give you honor today in Jesus' name. Everybody say together. Amen. 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 Thank you for praying. Appreciate that. You can sit down now. Enjoy that coffee. Enjoy the company of somebody that's sitting beside you this morning as we get ready to go into God's Word. At the beginning of 2023, man, who can believe it, right? We're here. Uh, we're in January. And there is really something um, to be said about starting something right, right? Um, there's something to uh, starting something in the right manner, the right way. It kind of sets the tone for everything, coming out of the gate strong, right? Launching well, uh, hitting, it, uh, hitting it hard right at the beginning, you know, whatever little phrase that you want to use. There's something about starting well. And it's not that you can't overcome something if you don't start well, but it's good to get the momentum going if you start um, right off the bat and start well. And if you talk to anybody that does any sprinting, and I'm talking about running sprinting, uh, if you talk to somebody that does that, and maybe more on a professional level, they'll tell you that starting is extremely important, right? How many of you have ever watched them, you know, maybe in the Olympics or on TV, you know, and, and they're down them starting blocks? Anybody ever been on the starting blocks? Not me, they won't let me run, all right? But I'm not that fast. But, you know, they'd be down on those starting blocks, and that start, right? They'll have false starts, they'll go back and start them again. Starting off is incredibly important. They'll tell you, it, it can mean the difference between winning and losing the race. How they start, how they come out of the gate matters. So here at LifeHouse, we believe that's true spiritually. We know it's true physically in, in a lot of different respects, but it's also true spiritually and we want uh, our best to start at the beginning of this year for you to hear from God. We want you to know what God's saying. We want you to get into God's presence. We want you to be aware of what God's doing. And we thought the way to do that, and we know the way to do that, is through prayer and fasting. So uh, we are going to set aside a time of fasting in 2023, at the beginning of this year, uh, to call the people of God together to fast. And uh, we set the dates for January 15th, that's next Sunday. It's good if I don't give you too much warning, because you'll think about it too much, all right? But January 15th through the 22nd, it's a seven-day span, and we're going to ask you to participate in fasting. 
And you might say, well, what is fasting? Maybe you're not familiar with fasting. Maybe you're not familiar with that idea, that discipline in Scripture. Fasting is this. It's simply setting something aside and, and taking that time and to call on God. Now, namely in Scripture, fasting is setting aside food. All right? It's a meal. Uh, it could be multiple meals. It could be days of meals. But you're setting a meal aside, and, and, and you're looking and taking that time to seek God, right? You're setting something physical aside so that you can build up spiritually. That's why you eat, right? Well, some of us just eat because we like to. But, but we, you should eat to sustain yourself, right? We, we, eat to get, we eat to get nutrition. We eat to, to strengthen ourselves. So fasting is really that setting aside. And if you aren't able to fast food, and many people can't, if you've got medical conditions, and I highly recommend that you don't fast food, um, you know, push away from food unless consulting a medical um, physician. You know, you talk to your doctor. If you've got any kind of medical condition, you can throw your body all out of balance. But normally a fast from food, you need to consult a physician first. But there's other things you can fast. There's other things you can slide away from and spend time with God. It could be something like uh, a hobby that you have. Maybe you go, maybe you go, uh, go do something on a regular basis, a couple times a week, and you're gonna, you're gonna fast that hobby. You can't fast food, but you're gonna fast that hobby. You're gonna take set time aside away from that hobby, and, and at that time that you would spend there, you're gonna spend it with God. You're gonna get along with God. You're gonna pray. You're gonna read the Word. You're gonna listen to some music. Right, um, you know, some praise and worship, whatever it is. Could be TV time, could be uh, social media time, could be on-screen time. Right? Somebody just need to shut the phones off for a week. Man, somebody start to shake. Right? <laughs> when we we convulse, man, if our phone, where's my phone? Where's my phone? You know, we're, we lose it for ten minutes. We're all worried. Um, you know, maybe you push that aside, set that phone aside. Um, you know, it, it could be a host of different things that you set that time, set it aside, and you spend that time with God and spend time with him. Now, I know some of you foodies are like, why in the world would I set aside food, right? How many foodies do we got in the house? Yeah, I'm with you. I, all three of us will go out to eat after this is over, all right? Um, but there are reasons. Listen, there are a lot of reasons, great reasons to fast and, and to spend time with God in and one of them I mentioned, we, we fast to meet God, right? We fast to hear from God. We fast to get involved in whatever God is doing and kind of less of what I'm doing, right? Get into what he's doing, less of what I'm doing. We fast to overcome temptation. Jesus fasted. The Word of God tells us that he fasted for 40 days before he started his ministry. He went into the desert area, fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And, and while he was in the desert, he was tempted three times by Satan himself. And he overcame during that time of fasting. So fasting strengthens us to get past temptation. You can fast to get answers. Sometimes you need an answer. You need to hear God about something. You can fast and say, God, I need an answer. I'm calling on you for an answer. Jesus, I think that happened with Jesus when he was fasting in the desert. Because right after he came out of that desert fasting experience, he chose the 12 disciples. He knew he was going to pick, you know. Fasting is biblical. It, we fast so it changes us. It changes us. It shifts us. How many want to change this year? I do. I don't ever want to stay the same. Man, I, I, need, I, I need improvement. Ask Dixie. All right, she'll tell you. All right? We want to fast to change. We, want, we fast to see what's happening around us in the spiritual. We fast. And we fast because Jesus said to fast. It's not a matter of if we fast. But when, as followers of Christ, Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 16, he said, moreover, when you fast, 
Say when you fast. When you fast. He didn't say if you fast. He said when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear to men to be fasting. Surely I say to you, they have a reward. But when you fast, say when you fast. All right, you got it, right? Anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Fasting is not an if thing. It's a when thing if you're following Jesus. Fasting is a thing between you and God. It's a deeply personal time. It's between you and the Creator. And it even says that we should go to the secret place, right? It's a Christian thing to do. Followers participate in this. We, we, we do this. And, and we should want to take time with God. And, and you might be thinking, I know what's going through some of your minds, right? Some of you are thinking, well, the 15th is a bad week. I got some big meals planned, right? I got some things I got to do. I can tell you right now, no week's ever a good week, right? No matter what you pay. So don't excuse yourself this year. Don't, don't say it's not my thing, right? Or I, I'm too busy to push away from, if you can't do food, I'm too busy to push away from social media, whatever it is. And listen, fasting might not be your thing, but it is a Jesus thing. It really is. So we're going to ask you to commit to this. And to help you commit, uh, uh, at the end of this message, we got something underneath your seat. You can pull it out now or you can pull it out later. But we've got a commitment card. You're not turning this in, by the way, all right? This is between you and God. All right, we're not checking up on you or anything like that. This is a commitment card that you fill out, and we're going to do that at the end of the gathering. You fill it out as God leads you to fill it out, and this is for you to take home and post it somewhere, right? You can put it on a mirror. You can stick it in your car. Somebody's going to see it, and it's reminding you of your commitment to fast and to spend time with God. So um, we're just uh, trusting that that'll help you along the way. And the second thing that I want to do is really kind of preach along the lines of how to pray. Because prayer goes along with fasting, and a lot of times we struggle with prayer. We, we struggle with the idea of praying for any length of time. I don't know if you, when I was a kid, they used to have all-night prayer meetings. Did you ever try to pray all night? I can't tell you how many times I fell asleep, man. I thought of praying just not enough, right? Sometimes it's tough to pray. Sometimes, it, sometimes you get 20 seconds into a prayer and you got nothing, right? You, you just, you, you just spilled it all in 20 minutes. And you got nothing. And, and, and sometimes it, it's hard. Sometimes it's difficult. And, and you need to, you know, and we, we think about prayer and fasting. And we think, well, how hard is this going to be? And, and people struggle with that. They want to know. And, and it's okay uh, if you struggle with it because the 12 closest people to Jesus, his disciples, also struggled with it because they came and asked Jesus, how do we pray? They asked the question, how should we pray? So we want to spend the next two weeks really talking about prayer and giving you a pattern for prayer that will help you along in the prayer and fasting time uh, that you're going to spend. So if you got your Bibles, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 6. While you're turning, while you're getting there, whether you're listening online or in the house, uh, I'm going to pray over God's Word. Uh, I read a portion already, and we're going to reread some of that, but I want to pray again this morning. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your Word. God, that opens in his life to us. And Lord, as we look um, how to pray, we look to what Jesus' instructions were to pray. I pray that you just settle this in our spirit. God, move in our hearts, speak to us. Lord, that we might be whole and right in this. And God, that we might walk through and pray, spend time in prayer and fasting, drawing near to you. We just give you glory in Jesus' name. And amen. So Matthew 6, chapter 6, verse 5, it says this. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. 
Surely I say to you, they have the reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. Say the secret place. Yeah, it's important. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for you, your father, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray. This is Jesus' instruction. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We refer to this as the Lord's Prayer. Is it Jesus' answer to his disciples when they question him uh, on another occasion? Uh, Jesus tells them this very passage or gives them this very prayer on how to pray. And Jesus gives us a pattern. And he, and he tells us, he gives a little upfront instruction first, right? He gives us the prayer, but he gives them an upfront instruction first. He says, don't pray like the hypocrites. He said, don't pray uh, just to be seen by men. So if you're in public somewhere and you're just praying, so everybody says, wow, they're so good at praying, right? Did you hear that prayer? It, now, you might, you might be in awe of somebody's prayer, but it, it's really a heart thing, right? If I'm praying in public, I should be praying to God. I should be connecting with God. It's not about what you think about my prayer or not think about my prayer. And, and, and Jesus was saying that because back then, there were Pharisees, there were religious leaders. They did that on purpose. They would go out into the streets. They would go just to be heard. They would wear ornate, uh, or, you know, um, garb to be out there, and they would pray in the public just to be seen and to be heard. So Jesus was instructing, he said, look, don't be a poser, right? Don't be a hypocrite. How many know hypocrite means actor, right? Don't pretend that you're connecting with me and you're actually just trying to heap, you know, uh, uh, accolades upon yourself. He says, so don't be a hypocrite. Then he says, don't pray like the heathens do. He said, with vain repetition, right? The same thing over and over. Back then, at the same time uh, Jesus was speaking, idol worship was a, a common practice. They would, you know, they would pray to idols. It could be wood, stone, whatever, something carved, and they would say something over and over again. They would chant. You know, they would say the same thing and say the same thing and say the same thing and say the same thing. I don't know if they were trying to earn spiritual brownie points, right? You had, a, I don't know, enough chance. You got to a, a place of a spiritual brownie point, and, and then you were good. But Jesus said, don't do that either. He said, I don't want you just coming with vain, empty, you know, words. Don't just repeat it hoping you're going to get somewhere with me. Don't do that. Our kids do that, right? Our kids do vain repetition. I need a cookie. I need a cookie. I need a cookie. I need, amen? Any mamas out there? Please. Any dads out there? Please, 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 please. They're, they're not, they're, they're not being polite. They're just nagging you to death, right? He, he said, don't, don't do vain repetition. Don't do something that's, I, I don't know, maybe it annoys God, right? If we'll just keep saying something in an empty manner, Jesus said, don't do that. Don't do vain repetition and don't do it like the hypocrites do. But he says, but when you pray, go into your room where you shut the door and pray to your father who is in this secret place. The father who sees in secret will reward you openly. There's nothing wrong with praying in public. Just do it for the right reasons if you're praying in public. And the majority of our prayer should happen in a secret place. Now, all your secret place can be somewhere different. 
Some of you go into a room. Some of you like going in and doing Bible study or listening to music in your room. Some of you do it in your vehicle, right? I, to me, my truck's a sacred place. I, I pray sometimes in there. I listen to music. Some of you go out on a hike. Some of you get out. And, Jesus did that, man. He went to the mountains. He went to the desert to get with the Father. He was out all the time in nature. And he said, go to the secret place. Go to the alone place and get with me. Jesus did that on a regular basis. Crowds were after him, chasing after him. He'd just disappear, and he'd go off to the secret place. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't use vain repetition. And he said, go to the secret place. Go where you can hear me whispering in your ear. And for you, that might be, who knows where that might be? Maybe that, I hear t- guys talking all the time that are hunters, man. Their secret place is in a tree stand. You know, they're up there in a tree stand. It's just the wind and the breeze and the trees and them and God. And they hear God there. They hear God. Wherever it is, go to the secret place. Find God. And then Jesus takes it a step further and he says, I'm going to give you a sample prayer. I'm going to show you a pattern for prayer. Because a sample or a model of something is important. It's good to have something that's a, a, an illustration, a living illustration before you. If you're going to cook it, if you're going to bake a cake, you don't cook cakes, right? I gave myself up already. If you're going to bake a cake, right, it's good to have a recipe, and it's good to have somebody that knows what they're doing to watch them, right, bake a cake, and it gives you a model, it gives you a pattern. You know, some of you that bake and cook, you get all giddy, right, when a, when a cooking show comes on. Ooh, my favorite cooking show. You know, and they're giving a recipe, and somebody's cooking, right? They're busy talking, they're they're cutting stuff up and flipping it into the, you know, the, the frying pan. You know, they're doing all these things at one time. And you're, li- you're getting a recipe and you're watching. It's good to get a pattern. It's good to see somebody do something. And I, for, for all of us eaters concerned, we appreciate that, all right? You know, it, it, but it's true. And Jesus gives us a pattern. He gives us a model. And he, t- and he told his disciples, when you pray, he's telling us, when you pray, this is a pattern. And he starts off with our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. First phrase of the Lord's prayer. This is at the beginning of prayer. And this, this phrase alone does a couple things all in that one line. First of all, it clarifies who we're praying to. Do you know that people pray to all kinds of things? They arbitrarily pray to all kinds of things. People just throw prayers up. It's just like, they don't even know who they're praying to. It's like, you know, I'm just going to say a prayer. Um, you'll hear that all the time. I'm just going to say a prayer. They don't know who they're praying to. They don't know what they're praying to. I've heard people pray, though, well, there's a force out there somewhere. There's an energy somewhere. I knew a kid who took Star Wars very seriously, like the force is with me, right? And he, like, literally kind of depended on the force. He prayed on the force, right? So at the beginning of this prayer, it says, our Father in heaven, we should call on the name of the Lord. We should call on Jehovah. We should call on Jesus. We should name who we're praying to. Psalms 116.4 says, Then I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul. When you pray, make sure you're mentioning God. Make sure you're mentioning the God in heaven, our Father who's in heaven, Jehovah. Make sure you're mentioning that you're calling on Jesus. And sometimes we end the prayer that way, right? In Jesus' name we pray this thing. We, we want to call. We should start with that very thought in mind of who we're praying to. And we call out his name. We speak out his name. And make sure, make sure that when you're calling him, you're saying that thing. You know, we, we don't want to uh, go rogue. And some people don't know. They don't know. If you don't call on God's name, they don't know who you're praying to. They, they, and you might be praying to some rogue force out there, some energy, right? 
People pray to nature. They're praying to a tree. I got news for you. The tree's not listening. All right? They're praying to those things. So, you know, there's demons. There's the word of God says there's principalities and rulers of darkness out there in the, in the heavenlies moving, right? Satan himself should hear you calling on God. He should tremble when he hears you calling on God. When you're calling out the name of Jesus, immediately when you speak God's name, that it begins to shift things in the atmosphere spiritually. Do you know that? When you call on God's name, things begin to move in the spiritual. You can't see it in the physical, and it'll show up there later, but it's moving in the spiritual. So when we pray, we call on God. We speak his name. And then he says, hallowed be your name. Hallowed means holy. Hallowed means righteous. Hallowed means most high. It it is recognizing who God is. It's recognizing that his name is sacred. It's recognizing that his name has power and that we should give glory to his name. Hallowed be his name. And you can say that in different ways, right? We should come and call on the name of God with a sense of awe within us, right? We should invoke uh, our heads and engage in, in knowing how powerful he really is. The God that we're calling upon. That his ways are so much higher than my ways, that, that he has all power to shift things. This is who we're calling on. This should almost be a bit of a trembling in our spirit when we come before God. Our Father in heaven is not the big guy upstairs. All right? You ever hear people say that? Be careful with that. Oh, it's the big guy upstairs. Chris Woodson's here. He's a big guy. He could be upstairs at my house. All right? But that's not God right? God, he's father. He's in heaven. He's not, he's not your Santa Claus that you just call on when you need something, right? Give him the list of wishes and wants. That's not him. He is the creator of all things, and he should be addressed as such. And we need to verbalize that when we pray in some way. Just recognize I, I found it helpful, if you want to learn a great way uh, to pray, I found it helpful to memorize the Lord's Prayer, and then you can start off that way, right? You can just, hallowed be your name. When you say that part of the prayer, you could just stop and say, Father, I bless you right now. I praise you. I thank you that you're all-powerful. I thank that you move. I thank you that you hear me. I thank you, Lord, that, that you see past and present and future. You could just stop right there and recognize who he is, right, on that one phrase, You could just spend 20, 30, 40 seconds right there on that one phrase. Learn the Lord's Prayer. And if you want to learn a prayer, just stop and kind of add in what's being said. We should verbalize it. I found it helpful. We should come reverently in awe to God, recognizing who He is. There's this awesome place in the book of Job where um, Job is in He's in dialogue with God. He's speaking with God. And they're going back and forth. And Job suffered tremendously. If you, you want to read an amazing story, read the book of Job and, and what he went through and, and how God brought him through. But there's this place, there's this section in, in Job 38 where um, Job is in his dialogue with God. And God stops Job. Uh, uh, Job begins to kind of question God. And God stops Job. And he begins to explain who he really is. And I think it really helps us understand who God is when we're addressing. It says this in Job 38, 1. It says, then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. How many of you know if God comes to you in a whirlwind, you better listen up? 
Yeah, yeah. If he's getting ready to answer you and there's a whirlwind going around you, um, you better listen up. And he said, who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? He's talking to Job. Now prepare yourself like a man. I'd be shaking right there, all right? I will question you and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding. Who determines its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched out the line upon it? How many know if God's getting sarcastic with you, you might be in trouble, all right? <laughs> to what were its foundations fastened, or who laid its cornerstones? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy, who shut up the sea with doors when it burst forth and issued from the womb? When I made the clouds its garments and the thick darkness its swaddling band, when I fixed my limit for it and set the bars and the doors, when I said, this far you may come, but no further, and here your proud waves must stop. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place, that it might, hold, uh, that it might take hold of the ends of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it? It takes on the form of clay under the seal and stands out like a garment. For the, from the wicked, their light is withheld, and the upraised arm is broken. Have you entered the spring of the sea, or have you walked in search of the depths? Have the gates of death been revealed to you, or, ha, or have you seen the doors of the shadow of death? You kind of getting the point here? Have you comprehended the breadth of the earth? For two chapters, God goes on and on, speaking to Job in this manner. And he starts to explain just exactly who he is who he's addressing. Tell me, he says, if you know all this in this scripture. For two chapters, we need to recognize who we're calling on. He's, he set all things in place. The dawn rises, right? The sun goes up and goes down because God set it in place. Do you know if the earth's axis tilted just one degree? We'd either all die from heat exposure or we'd all freeze to death. God said, I'm going to just tilt it like this. I'm going to set the sun right here. That's going to be the perfect temperature for what you need. Amen? How many times have we come to God not recognizing who he is? How many times have I come to God just in this glib manner, right? Just in this passing swath, right? Just insincere, shallow, right? So stupid on my part, <laughs> right? Just come. Lord, bless my sandwich. Go right back, Lord, right? Lord, come down through that crack and go right back. Did you ever hear that one? Come on. Yeah, we used to say when you were a kid, right? Lord, come down through that crack, bust my food, and go right back. You know, he said, just glib, right? Say these crazy things. Come on. Get it right. He's God. His name is hallowed. It is holy. He is righteous. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Next section. I believe God put this here for a few reasons. One is a reminder, a big picture reminder that we often forget, right? Joachim, he, he reminds us that, 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 that he's got a big picture, he's got a plan, he's got a kingdom that's way larger than what you're involved in right now, and, and it helps us get our mind focused on that kingdom and, and kind of keeps it constantly before us. Your kingdom come. We tend, we tend to look at our kingdom, right? We tend to look at our little slice of life, whatever's taking place in our life, and your ki- you got a kingdom. How many know you got a little kingdom? Go ahead, just say it right now. I got a little kingdom. You can go ahead and say it, right? You got a little kingdom somewhere in your house, somewhere in your circle. You got a little kingdom, and, and you got all these things going on in your little kingdom. 
and, and, you, and you're looking at this little slice of life, and, and God says, I need to, Jesus said, I need to remind you, you need to remind yourself that there's a bigger kingdom in play, right? I get consumed sometimes with Kip's kingdom, right? It, my internet at my house is called that, by the way. I named it Kip's kingdom. That's what exactly what it says. If you, you try to pick up on my internet, I'm not giving you the password, but that's what it says. It's Kip's kingdom, right? It's true. And we get so wrapped up in our own little kingdom. We get so wrapped up. And life's not about my kingdom. It really isn't. It's about the kingdom of God. He said that in verse 10, right? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It should never be about getting God into my kingdom. It should be about me getting into God's kingdom. It should be me getting aligned with God and not trying to align God into my stuff. We do that all the time, don't we? We would just, God, come in and fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. And I'm like, instead of saying, God, what do you want me to do? You know, what, 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 how's this look in your kingdom? One kingdom, right? One purpose, his. On heaven and earth. Do you know what's one kingdom? It shouldn't be two kingdoms, period. It should be one kingdom, two locations. Heaven and earth. God's in heaven, we're on earth. His kingdom there, his kingdom here, working out in our life. We're on the verge. We are Say we're on the verge. We are. We're on the verge of getting ready to launch another campus. And um, this all got birth. Uh, I came and spoke once or twice about this, maybe three times. Talked about how we're getting ready to launch another campus in the spring. It's actually starting up in January here. There's a Bible study about to ready to start uh, up in, in the northern Harrisburg area. And this all got birthed out of Lingolstown. Uh, years and years ago, God gave a prophetic word in, in a little town of Lingolstown, just north of Harrisburg. And, and God spoke something directly. And, and we knew that this was going to birth something later on in the future. It was over a decade ago. And that be, it began to, God began to, I, I don't got time to tell you the whole story. I'd love to. If you want to, I'll go to lunch and tell you the whole thing. Um, but God began to unfold a bunch of plans. We ended up um, getting connected with some folks in Lingolstown, and, and we started seeing all these divine connections taking place. And then all of a sudden, God moved us just right down the road from Lingolstown. We've got a location now where we're going to meet um, to start this new branch campus, right? And it's going to be Lifehouse Church, LHC, um, East Shore. And, and we're excited about what's taking place. You should be excited. We're all excited about what God's getting to do. But I say all that to say this. It's one church in two locations, right? It's not that, that's not a church and this is a church. It's the Lifehouse Church in two locations is what we're doing. When God was talking about the kingdom, we should think just that way. It's God's kingdom in two locations, heaven and earth. It should be God's kingdom there. It should be God's kingdom right now. We, we're, God's calling on us to be a part of his kingdom. He said the kingdom of God is with you. It's in you. That's why he left us the Holy Spirit. That's why the Holy Spirit resides with us. It's the kingdom within us. I'm getting ready to close. The praise team will come up. Jesus modeled this kingdom come, your will be done uh, idea all through scripture. Uh, and, and in one place in particular, Jesus um, really shows us that it's about the kingdom of God and it's about the will of God. Because Jesus lived on this earth. He came right. He left heaven, came down in the form of a babe. We just celebrated that at Christmas. He grew to a man. He died on a cross. But during that time on earth, he suffered things just like we did. I think Jesus, he knew what it was to have a cold. Amen. He knew what it was to stub his toe. He knew what it was to deal with interpersonal relationships. He knew all the things that we know. And, and Jesus um, was constantly 
going to the Father's will. In the middle of all the slice that was going on in his life, he was constantly moving towards the Father's will. He was constantly talking about the Father's kingdom. And we see that completely unfold in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mark 14, 32 says this, Then they came to the place which was named Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. This is right before Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. And he took Peter, James, and John with him, and he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. And he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. He said, Stay here and watch. He went a little further, and he fell on the ground, listen to this, and prayed, If it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, Daddy, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. That's kingdom. That's bringing the kingdom here. He said, not my will. Jesus himself, he, he knew, Jesus knew what was coming. The Father had already revealed it. He knew he was going to, he, he knew he was going to be tied to a post and he would suffer a Roman scourging. He knew that his flesh would be ripped from his back. He, he knew that, that many didn't even make it through the scourging, that, that he would be half killed at this Roman scourging. And he knew the crucifixion would follow, that he would carry a cross, that they would place nails in his hands and feet, that he would hang. And, and he would uh, draw himself up just to try to get breath. And then his body weight would hang back down on those. He knew what was coming. And he said, Father, if it's possible... Let this pass from me. If there's another way to do this, if there's another way to sacrifice for all of mankind's sin, let's do that, right? But he said, nonetheless, if it's not, your will be done. Your kingdom here on earth in my life. And he submitted and went to the cross. That prayer that Jesus gave us as a model is powerful. It's how we pray. Is how we remind ourselves that the kingdom of God, it should be in our lives. His kingdom come now. That our kingdom really isn't even a kingdom. I know I got it on my internet, but I don't really have a kingdom. It's his kingdom. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand. I want you to bend down and pick up that card right now. That card, piece of paper. If you're listening online, you can just get a piece of paper right where you're at. We just did these cards to be intentional. There's a pen with them. We're going to take a moment. You're going to pray. I want you to pray about setting a time aside the week of the 15th, right? I want you, this week of fasting, it starts next Sunday. That whole following week. And it could be a meal. It could be several meals. It could be separate every day. It could be, again, if you can't do that physically, it could be setting that TV time aside. You know, your favorite show from 7 to p.m. to 8 p.m., whatever it is. But I want you to make a commitment. Don't do this unless you mean it, okay? I'm not going to know because you're going to fold this up and take it with you. So you can leave it blank. You can pretend you're writing, and I'll never know. It's all good. This is between you and God. This is for you to take home and put up somewhere. Put it on a mirror, stick it in your car, wherever. Somewhere that you're going to look at this. And you're going to make sure that you take that time and you commit to God. You want his kingdom in your life. Can I tell you that? We get so wrapped up in our kingdom. You're so wrapped up in our stuff. You want God, you want to be in God's kingdom. You want God's, his will to be done in your life. 
I found one thing out in life. The center of his will is always the greatest place in the world to be. Always. No matter how easy or difficult that, that, that place is, it's always the best place to be. It always, just like Jesus walked through the crucifixion, so difficult. It ended up being salvation and life for all of mankind. The center of God's life, it, the center of his will is always life. Always. It always leads to life. Your will and my will will lead to death. Something's going to die in you if you continue to fall. It's just true. You can look in God's word. It always leads to life. Take the time. Don't make excuses this year. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. If it's one day, if it's all seven days, however you're going to do it, you, you choose. This is between you and God. Now, here's what I believe. I believe if, if you pray, the Holy Spirit will speak to you, right? He'll speak to you right into your spirit what you're supposed to do. Right now, he's flashing some of you, right? Right now, it's like, oh, man, I got to skip breakfast. I got to skip breakfast. I love breakfast, right? But I'm going to skip breakfast. I'm going to spend time with God. He's speaking something in your spirit. I believe that. The Holy Spirit will do that. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes right now. I want you just, I want you just to focus on God. I just want you to get a heart for God. I'm, not, I, I'm just going to keep talking here a little. I want, you, I want the Holy Spirit to speak into your spirit what you're supposed to do. You're going to get a prompting. This is practicing hearing from God, by the way. You'll get a prompting. You'll get an idea. You'll get something that kind of flashes there. And, and you know that this is what you, something he might even show you in your mind's eye, in your imagination. There might be a sign that God will speak to you. And it's that little nudge. It's that thing that he's speaking to you. And I want you to hear him. I want you to see him. I want you to know what he's speaking to you right now. Father, I praise you. And I thank you for this congregation. I thank you, Lord, for your people. I thank you, Lord, that we set time aside. And, Lord, we can meet with you. God, we can know your power. We can know your presence. Lord, you can give us all that we need. So, Lord, I pray right now, God, that you would speak to your people. In Jesus' name. And amen. Amen. Now look up at me. I want you to sit down right now. I want you to write down what God just spoke to you. Write down what, if, if he spoke a time to you, something you're supposed to set aside, if he spoke to you, I want you to write it down. If not, you can choose, by the way. You can just choose to do this. And God will meet with you. You writing? Don't show anybody unless, unless you want to. Unless it's a person beside you, you want to show them. This isn't, we're not collecting this, this is for you to take. When are you going to meet with God? Some of you know, right? In your spirit. Meet with him. He wants to meet with you. Wherever that secret place is, whether it's an office, whether it's your kitchen, just make sure you're there alone. If it's in the woods, go for that hike. Man, go hiking with God. I love going hiking with God. Go spend time wherever it is. Thank you for tuning in to this message from Lifehouse Church. We pray that you were impacted powerfully by this message. If you have been personally affected by our ministry and you would like to partner with us as we love God, love people every day, visit our website at www.lifehousecog.com. Lifehouse.com.